1: Well, separated bike lanes along a four-kilometer stretch of Broadway will not be built uh, anytime soon. Of course, that's a result of uh, the City Council vote yesterday with the ABC majority choosing to follow a, stack, a staff recommendation to wait until the Broadway subway opens in 2026 before considering bike lanes along that stretch from Maine to Arbutus Street now the first option which uh, the council adopted was to reallocate uh, the curb lanes to allow for wider sidewalks and public spaces so more patios uh, for seating, trees and green infrastructure and as uh, ABC uh, City Councillor uh, Mike Klassen said yesterday it's just to, uh, to protect for future active transportation lanes as well now there was no um, price tag put on uh, potential bike lanes and moving ahead with it uh, in the option number one. But uh, there has been speculation options two and three that could cost anywhere from 10 to 20 million dollars. Now, our next guest knows a thing or two about bike lanes and city planning. Uh, Brent Totterin is a city planner. He's an urbanist at Todd Urban Works. He's a former uh, chief planner for the city of Vancouver. And now he advises cities all over the world on city planning needs. Brent, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Now, I won't have you delve into the politics and leave that to elected officials, but uh, was this a lost opportunity yesterday? Well,
0: I think that the lost opportunity has, has started before yesterday. I think when you actually step back and think about the way that Broadway as a corridor is now going to transform based on the land use decisions the council has made, how the city is going to evolve over the next 10, 20, 30 years, uh, our, our existing policy and frankly, uh, the, the, our need to pick up speed on on being more multimodal, to be less car dependent, more oriented around walking, biking, and transit, uh, where we don't have all the time in the world and there's a real sense of urgency. It really should have been a no-brainer from the beginning that separated, protected, uh, uh, active transport lanes be part of this design. and. One of the one of the ways it became easier to do the wrong thing yesterday is because of how rushed it seemed—a a sort of a last-minute uh, conversation, when it never should have been a last-minute conversation. So I have absolutely no doubt that future generations, and even us, just a few years from now, are going to be looking at this and going, "What were they thinking?" Why didn't they do this? It's kind of, it kind of was a no-brainer. Uh,
1: so when, when council says, or some in council say, it can be revisited, I think I would agree with that. But uh, it, it will come with costs. It just comes with more conversation and delay. And what you're saying here is it should have just been a part of the broader conversation from day one. The process well, was I'm probably gonna, flawed. I'm going to
0: force myself... I'm going to force myself to be optimistic and and take everyone at face value that that the idea is still on the table. It's just a matter of not now. But this isn't my first rodeo. I've been been city building for 31 years, including as Vancouver's chief planner. And what I've seen over and over again is that it just gets harder to tear up a road again. Uh, This was the easiest, the cheapest, the least impactful on retailers, the least politically contentious opportunity we will ever have to to do uh, this this correct thing so from it, that doesn't make it impossible moving forward mm-hmm. but it makes it more expensive more politically hard more damaging and, and impactful to street retailers more frustrating for the public It just makes it a lot harder for a future future council to do the right thing then. This was as easy as it was ever going to be.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, And you use the term active uh, transport lane. It's not a bicycle lane anymore. I mean, I walk into the office, I park my vehicle, and I walk out on the street here in downtown Vancouver and the amount of, uh, of um, you know, vehicles that are not bicycles, uh, but still are electric powered and moving people uh, are just fascinating to watch in downtown and how, how much the population of, of those types of vehicles have picked up. Now, you consult around the world with other cities. What kind of trends are you seeing in regards to these tra- transport lines and, 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 and how they fit into, into cities?
0: Well, the smart cities, and frankly, a lot of the cities you wouldn't expect to be smart about this, the ones that uh, you expect to be still really car-focused, have have come around in the last five to ten years to how important it is to think multimodally and how that actually works better for everyone, including drivers, that this fake narrative of bikes versus cars or bikes versus pedestrians that actually played out during the public uh, meeting yesterday um, it's all that's all fake news because cities that are multimodal work better for everyone, including drivers. So, and absolutely, it's it's more of an active transport lane because this is about uh, mobility assist. Uh, uh, this is about micro mobility. It's a, it's about a lot of ways to move that isn't just about bikes. But let's be clear: separated, protected bike lanes, like the kind that Vancouver's been doing, and we've really, really been a leader at. We know, and other cities know, smarter cities know. They save public money. They improve business on their streets. They reduce pollution and emissions related to climate change. They reduce accidents and collisions for all road users, not just for people riding bikes, for all road users, including pedestrians on sidewalks. They improve public health and public health care costs, which they lower. They support social equity and they move a lot more people more efficiently using a lot less space and as that broadway corridor is going to densify significantly we need to move more people with less space and less cost and less emissions so that's why leaning in on the idea of multimobility as opposed to this whole fake narrative about cars versus bikes just multimobility was, is going to make that corridor work better. And I say that as a city planner who understands how streets work better or worse, that I, I understand the math, I understand the evidence. And, and that's what uh, leads me to conclude that this was the right move right now.
1: Is there a city you like uh, that you travel to or have consulted with that are really doing it well?
0: Well, you know what? I think there's a real mistake that city planners like me and sometimes politicians make where when we talk about multimobility, we bring up Copenhagen, we bring up Amsterdam, and we even bring up Paris lately, which has really transformed itself around bikes in just the last few years. But the problem with that is it's too hard for Vancouverites to think, well, but we're not Paris, and we're not Amsterdam, and we're not Copenhagen, even though those cities used to be choking in cars, too. What I like are the cities like Calgary and Edmonton in Alberta, for gosh sakes, that Calgary held one of the best uh, anywhere um, bike network pilots for their downtown and inner city a few years back. And after proving it actually made mobility better for everyone, they made the bike lane pilot permanent. And then Edmonton based on, you know, the battle of Alberta, which is not just about hockey said, well, we'll one up them. We'll just build it without a pilot. And those two Alberta cities leaned in on micro mobility because they knew it's good for business and, they actually learned from the success that Vancouver's had in the past. And, you know, as a great example, the fact that the business community in downtown used to be against bike lanes, but now the Downtown Business Association is probably the biggest booster of separated protected bike lanes whenever they come up in the downtown. So, you know, cities that aren't that far from us, aren't that different from us, and frankly, cities you wouldn't expect to be smart and progressive, they have become my favorite cities because – you know, I often say, if Calgary gets this, if Edmonton gets this, why are we still struggling to get this?
1: Well, uh, Brent, I always appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us today. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Have a good day.
0: My pleasure.